to another episode of the FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. Uh, joining me tonight is Matt Day and our superstar soccer friend, D10 Football. How are you, fellas? Good boys. I'll, I'll start. Sorry, I, just, I was waiting for uh, <laughs> thought, thought Dan might start tonight, but I'll uh, yeah, I'll start. I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Q. Um, obviously, big uh, big weekend of Premier League and an FPL, um, and lots to talk about. And obviously, I'm had a, a good score this week, so I'm looking forward to uh, to chatting about that. But yeah, I'm doing well. How are you, Dan, mate? Man, I am very good. Obviously, a lot to talk about. Um, I'm just about like I think it's a week since I've been back from Qatar. Um, my FPL team's in the absolute mud. Um, so, yeah, can't wait to get into it all. Oh, well, at least at least you got to kick the, the football with Timmy Cahill, mate, so it doesn't really matter about FPL, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, he he asked me if Mares is uh, the King Razzler. I had, <laughs> I, I had to agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't, didn't, um, he didn't know who he was talking to. Uh, we might get into how weeks went so i recovered from what's been quite a a woeful few weeks of fpl for me um i finished the week on 54 points um i backed my uh man united players and i captain ronaldo so um yeah finished on one point which is nice so doubled the 0.5 to finish with one point uh kulicheski and tony Pretty much did the heavy lifting, got massive points for me this week. Um, yeah, I'd just say me and United were very underwhelming um, from a supporter point of view and a FPL assets point of view. So it wasn't great. Um, and it, I can't really say that Doherty was a flop because it was a bit unlucky that he got injured, but um, I've got him in the category. But um, my rank went from 42K to 56K, so I'm on a slippery slope still, and I think you've overtaken me, Matt. How'd your week go, mate? Yeah, I think I have overtaken you now, Q. It's been uh, it's been a long time coming. You've you've obviously been unbelievable this season. I didn't even think I was actually going to get to a point where where I'd be above you because you were just doing so well. But I um, yeah, I've had a good week, eighty four points. Um, but look, it all come down to captain, and you know I say it all the time. If you get your captain right, um, you know you're halfway there with a good FPL score. And so I captain Son, forty two points. Um, I had Kulusevski in there as well, 12 points. Uh, Havertz, 6 points. Uh, Cancelo, 5 points. And Trent, 4 points were my main scorers. Um, and I also had Dubravka and Wood on the bench, so it could have been you know, even better if I'd, um, if I'd started them. But yeah, good week of um, you know, taking a good green arrow. I've gone up to around sort of 47k now rank. Um, and I think, you know what, I've got to give credit to this podcast because... When I was last on this podcast, I was told I was going to get a green arrow. And I had a couple of red arrows off the back of this podcast. <laughs> and then I haven't been on this podcast since. And it's been a few months, you know, since I was on. And I think Dan, Dan was on the podcast with me, actually. And um, back then, and I've had all these green arrows. So, you know, I've got to thank this podcast. And, yeah, hopefully it continues. Now exactly. I'm back on again. You're like a cow in a nice uh, green pasture paddock, mate. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, how'd you go, Dan? Oh, mate, the less said, the better, I think. But um, <laughs> my because uh, I even I haven't really talked about my game week thirty one. My game week thirty one was all right. I got fifty one points, but this week forty seven, uh, one point under the average. And the reason why I'm spewing is because I was laughing because I thought my first two subs were going to come on because Cash and Robertson got a zero. 
each, but they yeah. played 90 minutes and got a zero. So those are the flops. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I had Cancelo as my captain, and I think where I really went wrong, I thought, look, I need some Liverpool cover. I bought in Luis Diaz for Salah. Now, obviously, Luis Diaz plays about as much as Mares. So they both got one point each this week. But the reason why I moved Salah out was to bring in Kane. Um, and I've also got Kulisevsky. So Kane and Kulisevsky were my big performers, 22 points between them. And Cancelo got me 10 points as a captain. But on my bench is one of my picks. Is it Anthony Gordon? Gordon from yep. Everton. 10 yeah. points. On my bench, if he had come, if he had come, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Gordon Ramsay, one of the Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, great, great <laughs> shout. Yeah, different Gordon. Yeah, um, if he had come on off the bench, it probably would have saved my game week. But instead, I've got a red arrow. Um, I haven't really slipped anywhere. Like, I think two game weeks ago, I was like at around three seventy, but I've been there before. Um, yep. And my rank really just sits always around like. 470, 450, 440. That's where I am again. I'm at like 479, 480. So, yeah, not too much to report. Um, I think my the worst decision I did was bringing Salah in for Son about two game weeks ago. I should have just left Son and rolled and then left the whole team again. <laughs> Roll, just keep rolling. And um, I would have had way more points than what I've tried to end up with. So, but look, New game week, uh, new hits to take. I'm probably going to take like a negative 24 and just bring in loads <laughs> of razzlers. Um, Bit of renovations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just fly the starship, mate. That's it. Yeah, no, I fully um, feel you on the, the sun transfer. I did the exact same transfer at the exact same time you did. So, um, yeah, no, it's been great. Um, held him for so long and, um, yeah, just had to watch our friend Matty here just uh, bathe in the glory. <laughs> yeah, I was happy with that. I was happy with the song pick. Look, I, I think we all, um, the thing was, I think with both of you boys, you, you did actually, like you both mentioned, you had Son uh, before he was popular um, weeks mm. ago. And you kind of went through the you know, couple of maybe bad weeks he had. And then you got you got some good scores out of him as well. Um, and you've both obviously been quite unlucky not to have had him for this, you know, for, for the big one. But, um, you know, hopefully when, when you go through your transfers later, I'm hoping that you both ready to bring Sun in, but I guess, uh, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. it's like that we, bottle of um, drink. Um, you chuck it out because you think you've finished it all, and then you realise that you've <laughs> left half a bottle of drink in the, in the bin. <laughs> I was going to say, we had him when he was Son, and you kept him when he became Sonaldo, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Isn't he like, he's he's right up for the running with top goal scorer now as well. Like, it's only he's three right goals off, I think. He and is. who's first? Salah is Salah first. Salah, yeah. yeah. So Son could get him, and um, you know, I'm not. I'm not the biggest. But I don't. I don't like to put bets on too much. But on the weekend, I said to uh, one of my mates um, before I went to the Melbourne derby, I said, "Captain Son, he's going to get a hat trick." And then I stuck a bet on for the first time in a long time, and it was forty-one to one to get the golden boot before the game. I've put him on at fifty dollars. And now he's three goals behind Salah, so fingers crossed he can uh, he can beat Salah. But the only thing is, he doesn't have pens, and Harry Kane's never mm. going to give Son penalties because Kane's going for that 
you know, that Alan Shearer record. So that's probably where I could be let down. But you never know. I will say I do think Son's got another hat-trick left in him this season. So, you know, we'll see We'll see what unfolds. Well, let's hope he waits till I get him back in. That would be um, only fair. <laughs> um, we might get into how the podcast league's going. So at the moment, in first place, we've got Arigi Mini Marnie Mo sitting on 22.44, with the Kong being unsurped in second place on 22.37, and then Tom Davies sitting in third, 22.34. Same three names most weeks have been pretty consistent this season. Um, Matt, I might just speak on you, mate. You're flying up the table. You're sitting in 14th on 21.15. So you're smashing myself and Damo as well as D10. So I'm sitting in 18th on 21.07, <laughs> which is <laughs> I'm I was supposed say, to be king even, in the pod. <laughs> is there even a, a point in mentioning me? Like, honestly, I'm so far down. Well, it is because I'm using you as like just so we can uh, lower Damo more on the the standing. So as soon as you get above him, um, yeah, no, it's, it's good to keep tabs. Um, I could be joining you soon, Dan. The way I'm going, I don't think there's any uh, way that I'm stopping from sliding. <laughs> I think I've got ice skates on, mate. Um, and Damo's sitting in at 32nd place on at 2007, and you're sitting in at 38th on 1943. So you're actually not too far off Damo, mate. So um, if you do get close there, we might have to get you on the pod just so you can uh, razzle him up a little bit. <laughs> just rinse him a bit. <laughs> yeah, got to heap it on, mate. Um, and our, for anyone that's not in our league, uh, feel free to join. Uh, league code is RBRN99. So... The more the merrier, and obviously there's a bit of banner going on. You know, it's just a bit of fun. So it's always good to beat your mates. And at the moment, Matt Day is uh, putting the, the cleaners through all of us. So hopefully I'll be back to get you, mate, and I'll be uh, on the rise again. <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> uh, we might get into the game review. So I'll start with um, probably the game of the weekend, uh, Everton beating Man United 1-0. Um I sort of thought United were probably a bit unlucky in that first half to probably not be ahead in this game. I know the second half wasn't great, but they did have quite a few chances early on. Rashford probably had two really good chances and probably should have scored at least one of them. Um, I sort of thought Everton just sort of scored on the counter. They didn't. They only had maybe one or two chances in that first half, but you know, they, if you don't take your chances, you know, you, you're not going to win many games. I sort of thought Sancho. A little bit underwhelming in that first half, but did create a couple of chances in the second half and looked a lot better. Ronaldo had a, a couple of decent chances, but Pickford, I thought, had an absolute cracking game between the sticks and saved mm. pretty much everything that came his way. I um, just might touch on Sancho. He had 69 touches and three key passes, so he was getting on the ball quite a lot. Just um, obviously, Man United, just nothing was happening for them on the weekend, and Obviously, the incident at the end of the game, uh, Ronaldo taking his frustrations out and slapping a phone. So, <laughs> <laughs> definitely summed up how I felt yeah. after watching that game. If there was a phone in my face, I probably would have slapped it as well. <laughs> um, what did you take out of this game, Matt? Yeah, look, I think Man United were exactly what I thought it was going to be. And, you know, they, um, they're just not up for games anymore. You know, like Everton relegation battle, they've not been playing well but I knew their players would have fight in them. Because um, even though they've not been playing well, they've still been trying in their games. Whereas at Man United, I feel like the players have almost just given up on the coach that's in charge at the moment and given up on each other. And 
you know, there's just no fight in this Man United team. Um, some of the players almost don't want to be on the pitch, it seems. And, um, you know, and you know, I think Everton, look, I, I agree that United did still have some chances and um, opportunities to score, but once Everton scored, I just felt like that was it. The game was done. I, c- I couldn't see Man United scoring again. Um, you know, and I think, um, you know, that was just kind of how the, obviously the game ended up. Um, in terms of sort of FPL assets, you know, again, Gordon, you know, brilliant, gets the goal. I know, I know it was heavily deflected, but, you know, he was absolutely everywhere for the whole game. Um, really one to look at in our teams because Everton have got, you know, quite a few double game weeks coming up. I thought Richarlison was really, really good as well. Um, was unlucky not to get given the assist, I thought. And, um, you know, was unlucky not to grow a goal. Um, I thought he played really well for Everton. Um, Pickford as well, who you mentioned, really good game. Lot, you know, got a few save points and was comfortable. Um, and then if I'm looking at Man United, to be honest, in, in terms of players, there's just not any that that I would look at. I know there's the double game week this week, but there's just not any that I, I could look at and think I want to bring them in and I want to take someone out in my 11 for a Man United player. And yeah, it's just it's just not it's just not going to happen for me. I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, that's that's my sort of take on it. That's um that's why you're where you are and why I'm where I am. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, D10? Is there anyone that you liked out of this match, mate? I know you do have Gordon. Yeah, I did have Gordon over Charlieson as well. Um, <clears throat> to be honest with you, I didn't really watch this game. I've uh, given up on watching Man United, unfortunately. <laughs> um, no, that's not the only reason. I've also, uh, it was difficult, it's been difficult for me to watch uh, most of the Premier League matches. Like the ones that I have watched this week, the ones you asked me to watch before this podcast, um, <laughs> I actually squeezed them all in today because I had time. So obviously, but we'll talk about that a bit later in the podcast. The one thing I will say is you said um, just there, Q, that there's the reason why Matt is in the position he is and you're in the position you are in. I think it's funny, right, that kind of... Um, when you think about that detail, because Matt had Harry Kane when Harry Kane was scoring nothing. And Matty also had a bit of a rough start to the season, whereas now yeah. Matt's sitting really uh, well, we can say. You know, his his second part of the season has been unbelievable. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it coincides with Spurs doing really well in the second part of the season. <laughs> because... United were also having like good-ish results. Like they were sitting fourth around one stage, and uh, Ronaldo got those couple of goals. Sanchez had his goals and assists. Uh, even Bruno, because I, I know that when you had like your big breakaway, and you landed, I think it was the two K in the world or something like this. Yeah, that was the weekend. Right? Yeah, it was the weekend where you free hit and you captained Bruno Fernandez, and like obviously Fernandez went on a big. You know, he went on a run. He had two or three games where he was really, really good. Um, and then since then, yeah, United's kind of just fallen in a heap. So it could be the reason why your FPL team's doing the same, mate. Mate, there was dreams of a top three finish, and now we're just hoping that we can finish in the Conference League. <laughs> uh, you, don't, you don't know yet. You don't know yet. Mate, I'd actually prefer us just to miss out altogether and just do an Arsenal regroup, uh, restructure, and uh, just play in uh, one league for the rest of the season next year. <laughs> It's not a it's not a dig at Arsenal fans. It's just I just thought it was smart football by you guys. Um, 
Might get on to the next game. <laughs> Might get on to the next game, which is uh, Brentford at 2 0 to West Ham. Matt, what did you take from this game, mate? Yeah, this game was, was a brilliant result for Brentford. Um, really good performance. And, you know, that man, Tony, he was absolutely brilliant. And he's, you know, he's really come into his own these last few game weeks. And, you know, we've had a striker problem all season in FPL. Um, you know, we've not been able to sort of have a real consistent, you know, mid range kind of striker. And, and, um, you know, Tony's really been brilliant of late. And, um, you know, hats off to all of the owners out there. You were awarded again with another another double-digit score, 12 points, uh, with the goal and the assist. Um, you know, fantastic. And then we've got uh, Mbwemo, who hit 13 points. Um, you know, all season we were waiting for his goals. Um, and, his, you know, and his assists, we know he was notorious for hitting the post a lot. Um, but again, another return for him. He returned against Leicester last week. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about the return of uh, David Raya in goal as well, which is helping Brentford. Um, they've also got Janssen, I think it's Janssen or, or Janvel in, uh, in defence, who's been really, really solid as well. So, um, yeah, really good game from Brentford and definitely, obviously, Ericsson as well. I can't can't forget about him. Um, there's definitely a couple of Brentford assets at the moment that, you know, you can have your eyes on with this, with this Watford game. Um, and then from a West Ham point of view, you know, you've still got got some good fixtures coming up you know you can still possibly look at Bowen um other than that you know there's there's probably not too much I'd look at right now um Antonio's just yeah he's well off the he's well off it now um you know after such a good start to the season but you know, that's probably where I'm at I think from the two it's it's Brentford at the moment of the team out of those two that you'd uh you know you'd want to look at for FPL no 100% is there anyone that you looked at from this game or you're looking at for the upcoming weeks Dan um, not so much. I mean, I always steer clear of the the Brentford assets. But as Matt said, I think you know. I thought I thought it was funny at the start of the season when everyone was saying Ivan, Tony, and um, and Buemo to, to have them in your team. Like they were they were must haves. And especially when the doubles and the triple game weeks and the things like this started to come up, they were like, oh, are people going to go triple Brentford? Um, if there's one asset I would have, it's still Christian Eriksen. That's that's the only mm. one. Yes. Um, I, I said that like weeks ago. Um, I think he's proven that. I didn't think there was ever going to be an issue with him. I mean, the amount of time and effort and resources that would have gone into making sure that he is match fit and probably above match fit um, in order to come in and actually play for Brentford in the Premier League. Um, Professional clubs don't want... Uh, an issue like Denmark had at the Euro 2020, you know, and even now he's been called back up into the national team. Um, he's an unbelievable player, Christian Eriksen. I think if I was to have a wild card, I'd 100% have him in there. <laughs> um, I've got my team set at the moment. He is the only one I would have. I'm still not, I know Tony's been amazing these last couple of weeks, but look, Dennis was amazing. And then I got Dennis in from Watford and then he didn't score any goals. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, Christian Eriksen is the only one. You know, if I'm looking at it with those kind of comparisons and those kind of, um, what can I say, like similarities between strikers, I would yeah. say, yeah, I'm leaving all the Brentford strikers, midfielders, other than Christian Eriksen. That's fair. I sort of, I don't really have too much to add. Just West Ham are pretty underwhelming. Um, this seems like the pressure of trying to be the best club in London's got to them. And, you know, starting to fall off a bit of a cliff. Um, you know, the boys in white uh, are coming to the top. 
uh, in London at the moment. Uh, sorry, Demo. Um, <laughs> uh, we might just touch on Tony. Um, I know you mentioned him, Matt, but you know he had five key passes, three shots, one goal, one assist, um, and he seemed to be dropping a lot deeper as well to receive the ball, which obviously got him his assist and. He's been working quite well with Ericsson. I know um, I mentioned this to you guys a, a few weeks ago when I sort of brought Tony in and went the captaincy on him that when Ericsson is playing, he makes Tony a better option and he's making uh, Mbermo a better option as well. So I think at the moment, Ericsson's sort of like what Saka was like earlier in the season where he wasn't getting the FPL returns. But if you watched the game, you could see that everything was happening and attack because of Saka. So I think Ericsson could... Um, I think it's week 36, 37, and 38. They have really good fixtures. So I actually, um, I'm still tossing up who to double up with, whether it's in Burmo or Ericsson, but I'd say I'll probably have a Tony Ericsson double up for those last three weeks. Yeah, we'll quickly touch on as well with Tony. In his last five games, his scores have been 12 points, 5 points, 2 points, 12 points, 17 points. So he's had three wow. double-digit returns in five. It's phenomenal, isn't it? And I think, Q, you've had him for all five, have you? Uh, I've had him for f- four. Oh, no, four. I had him for five, but I benched him for one of them. So. Oh, okay. Still counts, yeah. though. I'll still take it. He's, he's really gone under the radar at times, but at the same he's he's got a fair – I think he's seven, this is about 17% owned, but I feel like he's just really gone under the radar with those big scores. Yeah, it's incredible stuff, but – yeah, I think yeah. You're right. You're I would, um, if I was just to add on that, because I think a reason he's gone under the radar is, is for all the reasons I just gave before. Like, I, I have this feeling that if I bring him into my team, he's going to blank. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how I feel, you know? And then you look at all those points, and there's so many players that um, if I haven't made my own decisions on a player, um, and people, like, you know, we've talked about the picks that I make and captaincies that I've done, and they've paid off. But I, I suppose I watch those players and I enjoy watching those players. I don't watch Brentford. Um, and Ivan Tony, although he had all those points, it's the same kind of thing for me with, with Dennis. Um, yeah. Although the last three fixtures, who knows? He might, he might slip into the uh, Ginola 11. <laughs> I might also just add Bowen, I think, is actually a decent shout in the next two games as well. He didn't offer a great deal in this game against um, Brentford, but neither did all of West Ham. So I think that he might just be one of those players you might be able to plug in if you're doing a free hit or if you want him to take a two-week punt. I think Bowen is how, a decent How much pitch. is he worth now? How much is he worth now? Like in I think he's dropping 6.7. 6.9, yeah. How, how much is Ben Rama? Yeah, exactly. How much is Ben Rama? Uh, 6.3. No, 5.9. Oh, five point nine, Jesus! Yeah, 5.9. is he is he playing Ben Rama? Um, mm, not ninety minutes. No, he only got half an hour against Brentford. Uh, um, but he did play. I think I'm assuming they'll play him in the Europa this week, and whether or not they beat Leon or if they lose, um, he then might. If they lose, for example, he might then just play every every game left in the Premier League, possibly. Um, but again, it depends whose place he takes because I think um, Fornells is fully fit now. Lanzini's back from injury, and uh, and obviously Bowen's back fit from his injury. So um, yeah, not sure where where he sits in terms of if he's going to start games or not. 
Yeah, that's all right. And yeah, no, because I was sort of looking at other assets. Antonio's looked a bit better the last few weeks, but I'd, I feel like it's the last time he had a good game was back when the Socceroos automatically qualified for the World Cup. So that would have been, what, 2013? <laughs> oh, no, 20. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I might get into the next game, which was uh, Man City 2 or draw of Liverpool. Um, what did you think of this game, Dan? Because I know um, you watched a fair bit of it, mate. Hey, now this one I did watch, of course. Um, look, first first things first, when I've seen the team lineups, Mara's in the bench. What's wrong with this guy? Pep Guardiola, I love you. I love your philosophy. I love the way you play. I love the way you speak to the press after the games and before the games. It's fantastic. But just play Mares. Like, he is the top goal scorer for the club. I think he's the current and uh, two-in-a-row player of the month. He scored their goal of the month. Like, there's just no reason not to play him. I don't understand. Because you've got players like Rodri, Bernardo Silva. Uh, there's others that are stalwarts. They play every single second. So why isn't Myers one of these? I understand there's more forwards, there's more interchange, there's more rotation, uh, the pep roulette as it's been coined. But from, in my opinion, he needs to play. And I love watching him play. But uh, that being said, Bernardo is still one of the best picks. He's always on the field. Always on the field. Um, the first goal comes in the first four minutes. KDB uh, with his little dribble past Fabinho. And a lot of luck. I actually feel very, very empathetic for... Matip and for Liverpool in this situation because he actually covered it. He covered the shot. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but like yeah. it hit him. It hit him on the inside of his right calf. He was across the goal, and it's just bounced and then obviously made its way over Allison, which was a shame. But they did come back. They come back pretty much straight away. There was also an opportunity before this where KDB um, played to Jesus and Jesus put the ball in. It was Sterling one v one with Allison. Massive chance, yeah, and Allison saved it. Like right at the start, it was like a minute in. Like it was, it was ridiculous. Uh, so that was a big chance. Um, Liverpool's goal, the equaliser, was unbelievable. It was actually a great team goal. Um, yeah, Robbo to Robbo to Trent. Trent knocks it back, Jota, and he was just super calm and just uh, tapped it into the net. Um, also, did you guys see Edison? Yeah, the, <laughs> that the was epi- crazy. The epitome of composure. What a guy. Yeah. Just like, oh, that was absolutely disgusting, man. It made me feel uneasy watching that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was hard, wasn't it? Like, it was tough to watch because obviously he, he messed up first, um, but then just to like stroll back and just like, you know, pass the ball off his line. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. I guarantee um, he would have turned up and just winked and said, you thought I was going to let that in, mate. Don't worry, I've got you. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, just to give keep people on their toes, you know. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of chances coming from the left side that were being created by Foden and Cancelo. This was in the first half, so up until thirty five minutes, um, it was one one. The possession in the first half was also fifty four percent, forty six percent Liverpool, which I think at that time was quite a lot. Liverpool literally had maybe one chance, and they scored. Um, and then at 36 minutes, uh, it's 2-1, K- 
Cancelo to Jesus finish is really nice. And uh, Foden also to Laporte, but it was saved and that was also deemed offside. There was also some dodgy VARs in this game. There's been dodgy VARs across the the league this round. I don't know why. They just decided either they weren't going to use it or when they used it, they decided to ignore it. It was just, it was, it was strange. It was very strange. Um, second half, Mane goal straight away. And even though Salah, he looks tired. He's played like a billion minutes in the AFCON. He's playing every single second for Liverpool. He's doing all the Liverpool adverts, marketing campaigns. He's the Egyptian king. He's just everywhere, right? Not begging the he, kids on the, the corner of the um, of his uh, neighbourhood. That's right. He's doing that too. Just a good guy. And, um, you know, he picks up the ball, turns, and the pass he played for Mane was, I thought it was incredible. I actually thought the assist was amazing. And then uh, 2-2. So, oh, and there was another one as well that he played to Jota. was saved by Edison. Um, and then we've got the Sterling goal. This one that's disallowed. Now, for those at home that have an Optus Sport subscription, the commentator says the rule is basically when it's through the legs, you're offside. The ball goes kind of near. Jesus doesn't go through his legs and they call it offside. Anyway, look, there was, there was dodgy calls throughout all of this and maybe it was one back for the deflection because the first goal of Cities was very lucky. Um, it wasn't given. It is what it is. But for me, that was a goal. That should have been a goal. Yeah, I think even the Arsenal game, there's a similar thing with the Martinelli goal. Um, yeah, just scratch my head sometimes, to be honest. Yeah, I don't like. I just don't understand. Like, I don't really want to get into a big VAR chat because we always seem to do that if we're talking about the Premier League. Funnily enough, um, <laughs> but there's just absolutely no consistency. Like this stuff's happened. I know Maddie was going uh, crazy about some Tottenham goals previously, and not mm. just the one where um, you know Harry Kane just Hadouk and Thiago Silva in the six-yard box. <laughs> um, not just that one. But there's another few where, like, Harry yeah. Kane, like, his little toe or his elbow was, like, offside and they called it. It's just jokes, you know? Yeah, I um, can't stand an- it. I can't stand it. Another one of my games is uh, Newcastle Wolves. How they called uh, Bruno Guimara's offside with the back heel from Almiron, we'll get onto that. But it's another one. Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. We're talking about not even centimetres. It's like... Uh, is there such a thing as millicentimeters? Because no, megapixels. Yeah, megapixels. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I wish... <laughs> why can't we just go back to, like, FIFA World Cup 98 on your PS1 where everything's 8-bit and it, you to be offside, you've got to be like a blockhead. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how it should be. They're pretty much got to be Harry Maguire. <laughs> oh, jeez. Poor, poor Harry. He's copping it. No, I'm not, I'm not joining in on that. He... Look... No, your I'll, I'll, your famous segment, United player. Do you know? Do you know I'm who's copying the famous segment player. this week? Yeah. Your famous segment, Ronaldo's in there, mate. This week, don't worry, <laughs> mate. Um, he he's just um he's just got some personal <laughs> issues. <laughs> he's not happy, mate. He's not happy with TikTok. Um, so the Sterling goal uh, disallowed, 
And then there was a massive, uh, actually, well, not a massive chance, but there was a Salah chance where he cut in and he did that wrap that he usually does to try and put it in the far post, come off Laporte's thigh. Um, Jesus, a 2v1, and he shot, oh, actually, no, it wasn't 2v1, sorry, that was a uh, probably 2v4, and Foden was in the middle. I don't know if he could get free, but he shot to the side netting. There was two incidents where Mahrez come on. Right at the end of the game, it was like 88th minute and 93rd minute. One was very obvious, was the chip, right? Because it was a 2v1. Mahrez could have passed it, done whatever he did. He cut inside, and then, I, look, this guy would makes this chip every single day of his life. He probably lifts his dirty clothing into the laundry like that. Like, <laughs> how he missed this this lob. Because Allison was out, everyone was diving into the middle. It was perfect, right? You just had to scoop it. How it misses and goes, like, way over, I've got no idea. But we forgive him because he's the king Razzler. <laughs> the other one was the free kick. The free kick mm-hmm. hit the outside of the post. Now... If both those go in, my game week's unbelievable and the King Rattles has done it again. And then it's an amazing pick, isn't it? So, but that is my wrap of City and Liverpool. Look, um, I suppose after that, all we can really talk about is 2-2. Where does it go from here? There's obviously, you know, we're going into game week 33, are we? Game week 33? Yeah, yeah so we've 33. Got, we've got eight games now. Eight games left. Um. People are saying that City have the title now. I don't think so. I don't think it's that, that easy. I don't think it's um, you know, a write-off for Liverpool. Obviously, they have to win, win, win. But if you look at current form, Liverpool is actually the more informed side. I think the only other side to have similar amount or most points in the past however many games is Wolves. Yeah. Well... Um, I'm kind I heard of hoping that. that Liverpool shit the bed just because um, I can't stand one of my mates who I was talking to today is already um, saying that Manchester City are just going to prolong it so then they eventually will win anyway. And I'm like, mate, you should have <laughs> <you should've> lost. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's it's a massive title race now. It's I think it's still on. It's still on. Even though it's a draw, it's, just, it's exactly as it was. You might as well be in game week 31. Well, um, Liverpool have got to venture to the biggest club in Manchester this week, so we'll see. Um, who's, who's that? Who's that? Salford, uh, that Salford City? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mate, the Red Devils. The best Red Devils in English football. Um, yeah. <laughs> is there anyone that you're looking at um, out of this game, Matt? Um, look, from from a Liverpool point of view, first of all, and then I'll touch Man City after. I've, I've still got Salah. I've still got Trent. Um, maybe Yotta still, but if I'm gonna look at Yotta, it might be to downgrade Salah to Yotta, maybe later on in the season. But right now, there's probably no one else from Liverpool I'm looking at over the next couple of weeks. Um, so not not immediately. As for Man City, I'm a Cancelo owner, which you know is is, is the key man for me in that team to own. Um, there's no even obviously I know there's De Bruyne um, who's obviously looking looking good with his form he's getting goals again City do have some nice fixtures but probably just can't can't quite fit him in right now um, but I do have tabs on him um, for potentially that, that double game week that they might have um, whenever that gets gets decided um, apart from that maybe Laporte 
Um, but there's, I'm not looking at any of the other sort of city midfielders or or attackers right now. I, I think they're they're probably the sort of main ones for me. Yeah, no, I'm sort of pretty much the same. I do have Salah. Um, yeah, probably looking going down the same road as you. Maybe even going across to maybe a KDB or a Son or something like that. Just um, yeah, I'm just afraid to get him out at the moment. But um, it's not like he's letting the uh, like lighting the world on fire at the moment. But uh, KDB, I sort of just touched on him. I thought he had a really good game lately. He's just he's just pulling things out of his butt pretty much, and he's playing. I've noticed the last few games he's playing more out wide and playing sort of like a higher wide winger, um, which is helping him get in good positions because he's not quite getting back defensively, so he's sort of sitting more forward. So then when they're sort of dispossessing teams, he's sitting quite high still. So I think that's why that's probably been the change of form for him. He's just getting in great positions. So I thought he had a pretty decent game, probably could have had two assists if – um. You touched on a couple of chances they missed there, and if they had a, you know, got a couple mm. of those chances, you know, he would have had two assists as well. But you know, I I would love to get in Mares, but it just it feels like Pep doesn't like winning football games. It's like he wants the title race to drag out to the last game because if he starts Mares, it's you know I don't see them losing another game. To be honest, that might be sort of um, pumping his uh, tires up a bit too much. And um, but I might disagree with you on one thing you said, Dan. Uh, that's probably the way Mares does his uh, laundry. I reckon he doesn't go anywhere near the maids' quarters, mate. Uh, King Razzler would just have people doing that for him. He's a, he's a humble Razzler, mate. He's a humble <laughs> uh, We might get on to the next game, which was Chelsea 6-0 win to Southampton. Um, I've watched, I watched some of this game live, and then I sort of, I had a microsleep which lasted about four hours and I woke up at about <laughs> 5.30 and I uh, saw the score 6-0 because I think when I fell asleep it was about 2-0 or something. So um, I might touch on the crossbar king, uh, Werner. I think that the bloke's probably got to be the most unluckiest player in the Premier League. I think they were saying something like uh, he's had he's hit the post 16 times in the last sort of like 12 months, uh, which oh, is dude. like ridiculous like you either have to just be you know having a bit of a laugh on the field and decide that scoring goals isn't fun and you're just playing the crossbar challenge that was his first say q going back to that stat with his post right also just to add on verna quickly is that that was his first goal uh for chelsea in the league since game week seven how ridiculous is that so verna i think he got two goals was it in this game um, yep. He has not scored a goal for Chelsea uh, since game week. Look, I, I'm assuming he must have had an injury maybe at some point as well. But yeah, game week seven was Werner's last goal. And um, that's it. Werner's scored three goals this season so far. So yeah, unbelievable <laughs> stuff, isn't it? Well, I think, <laughs> I think he finished the game for the trifecta. So I think he got all posts. So I hope um, someone um, gave him a match ball because, you know, it's pretty impressive. Um I sort of thought Mount, um, I know I've spoken to you a few times, Matt. I just feel like when you when people are debating sort of Mount, Havertz and, you know, Pulisic, you know, Mount's getting on the ball quite a lot. He's been a little bit underwhelming um, a few times the past month. But, you know, he just, he just has that game where he just goes just absolutely mental. And, you know, this game he pretty much had his hand in everything, uh, scoring goals, creating goals. Um, I think that sort of... 
Werner himself and um, Havertz have just been wreaking havoc lately. And I think that if you are going forward, you probably want at least one of those in your midfield. So whether that means downgrading someone or getting out sort of like a Kulicheski or someone like that. But I think um, going forward, you're probably going to look at maybe one of those. I sort of, I'll be getting Mount back in. It's pretty disappointing. I've been burnt twice now. I've got Son out and then I got Mount out. So it's just, um, yes, living the dream. Uh, Mount had three shots this game, two goals, one assist and one key pass. So, you know, just pretty much took his chances. Um, obviously didn't have a great deal of shots, but, you know, just one of those games where everything you touch just turned to gold. So outside that, I thought um, Werner had a good game, like we spoke about. Havertz, I thought, still had a good game, even though he obviously didn't get the massive FPL return. But looking at defensive assets, I'm still not sold on James. I, I still think that he's still getting back match fitness. And I think if, if you are looking at an asset, I, I'd, Definitely be looking at Tiago Silva, and I know you're a big fan of him as well, Dan. He's just a BPS magnet, especially when they keep clean sheets. So you know he's usually featuring in those um, in those bonus points. But in a game like this, you know when you've got so many attacking assets, you've got goals. You know it's, he's probably not going to be featuring too much. But when it's a low-scoring game and they do keep the clean sheet, he's usually at the top of the list. Uh, but um, now. I had him in my squad this this week. He uh, he actually scored points for me. I'm pretty sure he would end up with six points. Yeah, no, I took him out and sat him on my bench, so it was um, a great decision. <laughs> yeah, six six points, Thiago Silva. Well, I might go on to you, Dan, then. Um, is there anyone that you sort of took from this match that you were looking at? From Chelsea? Yeah. Um, or, um, as, oh, sorry, who did they play? Southampton, yeah. Or Southampton? Um. I, look, I did have Brozier in my team. Um, I've toyed with thinking of the idea of getting in Ward Prowse. Um, even Mount, Ziyech, I don't know, because my whole my whole plan was to wildcard and bring in three Chelsea assets because they've got all these doubles, etc. blah, blah, blah. Um, and all I really ended up doing was like getting in Thiago Silva. And I just didn't really... You know, I, I didn't find... I was drawn to those players, but I didn't find anything that was just like lock them in. Like, I wanted those players. Um, even now, like, looking at my midfield, I'm probably just going to bring Son in for Luis Diaz and just leave the rest. So, <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really looking at anyone else, you know? Um, that and... Well, I know we're not talking about Leeds, but Rafinha. I'm annoyed that I don't have him now. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, no, no real Chelsea or Southampton assets. No. What about you, Matt? Did you like anyone or are you keeping your eye on? I know you did have Havertz, so technically you did get a return yeah. from him this week. Look, from, from Chelsea, obviously I own Havertz. Um, grabbed the goal, but they did sub, sub him at half time in preparation for the Champions League game. Um, I'm actually looking at moving Havertz on this week, probably for a double game week player. Um, and you know what? I think the time might have come, not this week, but when Chelsea's double comes, the time might have come for um, your man Mason Mount, the man who I, I don't normally like in fantasy league. I, I don't, I don't like putting him in my team, but I think I might have to uh, bite the bullet and get him in when they do announce their double game week because he can get these these big scores. Um, but what I will say about Mount is he gets really big one-off scores 
and they're usually against a lot of these sort of lower sides. He's he's had them against Norwich twice, um, Watford, you know, Southampton, who we've seen get hammered quite a few times before like this, and you know, so, and he can be quite underwhelming in other game weeks. You know, he gets weeks of getting two points, one point, but um, yeah, I just think you know with the likes of um, Leeds in game week thirty six. Um, and Wolves for Chelsea, I think, in game week 36. That's, that's a double for, for Chelsea. I think around that time, someone like Mason Mount could be um, you know, very worth having in your side because, you know, say a team like Leeds, they're probably going to be on the beach. They won't, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're not going to get relegated. They'll have their feet up. That they're the sort of games that Mason Mount delivers. Um, he's not usually my sort of cup of tea for FPL, but I, I can't, um, I can't really say anything bad about him after such a big haul. So, Probably, yeah, Mason Mount. There's not really anyone else from, from Chelsea right now. I'm not looking at their defence. Um, I'm not looking at Rhys James. And then as for Southampton, yeah, again, I've got Brozier like Dan. I'm probably going to keep him for this double. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not really anyone else. Maybe James Will Prowse in midfield for this double game week. I think could be quite, you know, something a bit different. But other than that, I'm, I'm not too interested in, in any of their, their players for now. Mate, you've come a long way. I just know your feelings about Mount. So, um, yeah, mate, oh, I'm proud of you, Matt. I'm proud of you. <laughs> you know what? It's, the thing about Mount, right, is I've always liked him as a player and I've always rated him as I think, I think he's a very good player. But as an FPL asset, I always find he can just flatter to deceive where you get him in and he'll get weeks of poor scores. But he gets that one really big one-off score and they kind of all add up in aggregate over a season and it looks quite good but look I will I will probably have to bite that bullet and, and bring him in and um, you know he might prove me wrong I'd say we'll probably be bringing him in around the same time so I'll be either cheering or I'll be just sitting here underwhelming and then you'll be telling me <laughs> I told you and I'll be like oh no I oh know <laughs> <laughs> oh, we might get into next game, which was Aston Villa coming up against the best team in London. Um, I might get you to touch on this, Matt. Yeah, look, what a result, 4-0. Um, you know, phenomenal stuff in the end. Um, you know, Spurs' recent form has just been you know, incredible. 4-0 against Villa, 5-1 against Newcastle, 3-1 against West Ham. A couple of goals at Brighton. You know, there was the slip-up against United, but we still scored two goals and then five goals against Everton and four goals against Leeds. So we're, you know, we're scoring for fun of late. Um, but what I will say, though, it was very tough in the first half. Um, Aston Villa were all over us. Um, lots of chances. Um, you know, we were lucky, obviously, with the early goal from Son. But then from you know, from there on, it was it was an absolute domination by Villa. And Danny Ings, we, you know, we can thank him for a couple of really big misses. Um, but we can also thank Hugo Lloris. He was just... Unbelievable uh, in that first half. Um, lots of saves. Um, a really, really good save from Jacob Ramsey as well. Um, at his near post, it was just yeah, unreal. And uh, he ended up on eight saves in the end, Larice did, um, with two bonus and a clean sheet. And, you know, if it wasn't obviously for Son's absolute brilliance, Larice probably would have got, you know, all three. And, yeah, Son, just remarkable. You know, to get those midfielder points and a hat-trick off a midfielder I think is you know it's, it's probably the most satisfying uh, thing I think in fantasy league is when you get a midfielder captain spot on I know obviously when defenders get hauls it feels good um, 
but we don't traditionally captain a defender. So I think if you captain a midfielder, he ends up getting a haul like this. It's just, it's such a good feeling. Um, you know, he got the clean sheet point as well. Um, all three of his finishes were just unbelievable. Um, and then, you know, Kulazewski again, another double digit haul. Um, you know, remarkable stuff. That's three double digit hauls he's had for Spurs now. Um, and I think in his last nine games, I think he's returned in every single game except two, um, which is just phenomenal stuff considering he's new to the league. Um, and then Harry Kane, look, I, I don't even own Harry Kane, um, which is, you know, it's so difficult to not own him. Um, but again, you know, he's come out with 10 points, three assists, uh, two of the headers were just, one of the flick on was just absolutely brilliant. And, you know, again, he could have had even more than 10 points in the end. Um, you know, so that was unbelievable. I, I had Doherty, who obviously got the unlucky injury. He only got one point, um, which is a shame because I think if he'd played that game, there was goals in it for him. There was assists. There was a clean sheet in it for him as well. And, um, you know, it's just been a great time at the moment as a Spurs fan. Um, you know, and I think at the moment, I'll say it, I think Harry Kane, Kulazewski and Son are essential for every single side right now. Um, you know, we've got some big games, uh, you know, for the rest of the season, but we've also got some some really nice fixtures. And I'll point to game week 37 against Burnley and game week 38, 38 against Norwich. That's the game week where I think you can afford to take Salah out and you can yeah. sacrifice him to bring in Son, get the cash for Kane and have Kulazewski in midfield. And I think that's the way forward for me. But yeah, unbelievable result. Um, definitely a game of two halves, but um, yeah, the Conte train is uh, is definitely moving at the moment and it's moving fast. I have a feeling it's going to be red penny night in the day house for the next eight weeks, mate. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Mike, <laughs> uh, get uh, did What did you take out of this game, D10? I need Son. That's it. <laughs> that's 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 about all there is to say after that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we need we need to get Sonaldo into the team. I'm just like I'm so annoyed. Um, I think because I was while I was away, I was trying avidly to follow FPL and stay up to date with it. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to make these changes. Blah blah. I'll do this early so that when I'm in Qatar, I don't have to worry about it. And it completely backfired. If I'd have just turned my phone off, I'd have been much better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, probably overthinking it, you know. So, but no, you need to get Son in after that performance. And look, and not just that performance, but previous performances, you know. And Son's yeah. a—he's a proven player, and he's—he's he's a razzler. That guy. You don't run from halfway against five people and just slot the ball away <laughs> and get called Sonaldo just... Nazario. You know, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> well, um. It, it was a strange game, Matt, because when he said that, because um, I was pretty much poo-pooing Villa in our group chat, and he said, oh, no, they actually played pretty good. And um, I went mm. and watched the game, and I was like, Jesus, you, you weren't wrong. Like, yeah, they it were was just all Aston Villa. And then yeah. just one perfect counterattack, and Sonder slots it like he doesn't mm. owe anyone anything. And then Not, not just one perfect counterattack, just two flick-on headers from Harry Kane. The guy <laughs> yeah. got two assists off his fringe. <laughs> Literally, he got two assists off his fringe. It's uh it's quite what incredible. I saw I saw a, a small video on Twitter where uh, 100% he means it as well because mm. he scans 
for the run, sees the run, the ball comes in, and he flicks it on into the open space. And then uh, Son goes on to score one of the goals. It's actually a very, very cool video. Yeah, um, it's, it's really good, that. In terms of player intelligence and scanning and actually getting a picture behind you, um, having that awareness. Like, Harry Kane is just... I think a lot of people expected him to score loads of goals because that's kind of what he does and what he's known for. But this season, I think we've seen him be so much more versatile. And he is almost like a very big, tall, strong playmaker. Like, he he Mm. does come in and pick the ball up and then make passes. And there's been times where he's been the third pass this season as well, but he's still involved. Like, it's not as if he's playing poorly. People look at FPL points and go, yeah, these guys are playing well. Sometimes they're getting a tap in. (laughs) That doesn't mean you're playing football well. Harry Kane's actually played very well. Yeah, um, I agree. Can I say as well, Dan, he's he's come a long way from the... um, you know, the waste man, Harry Kane, everyone was calling him the first few months of the season. I yeah. You, you remember I did. it well on, online oh. when, you know, zero, what, two points for five or six weeks in a row and everyone was sort of calling him, a, you know, he's finished, oh, but- he's, he's, he's passed it, you know, this, that, the other. It's the same Harry Kane that got the golden boot and top yeah, assist last was, year, but everyone um, said he was finished and, you know, it's just bizarre. And now look at him, he's, you know, he's, he's back. I'll say I was one of those people because not that I was like, Slating him, I still believed he was world class striker, but I said he's starting to look like Andy Carroll's brother. <laughs> he, he was just like chesting down and heading everything, you know. Yeah. And to be fair, <laughs> two assists he made with flick ons, so he's <laughs> looking like Andy Carroll's brother, isn't he? But no, he's starting to score the goals now, and he has a lot of quality. A lot yeah. of quality. What do you think on the first assist as well, by the way? Do we think that should have stood as an FPL assist or not? Oh, I yeah, I don't know. Because I guess. It kind of, the ball kind of flew around, it fell to Son, and he kind of just, like, he just hit it, didn't he? Like, he just wrapped it. Mm. It was, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, because, also, like, I've suffered this. I think everyone's suffered this, where, like, the ball hits the back of someone's earlobe, and they go, oh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's that player's goal, you know, or it's their assist. And it's just, a, it's very annoying. So they give some, and then they don't give some. Like, it's, yeah, it's strange. <laughs> But um, I still think it's like ice hockey, where every single person that touches the ball gets an assist. Yeah, oh, wow. possibly. I think I find it <laughs> wow. it's, it's interesting these days because I look at it with like came on. I think it's it's not an assist because he didn't actually assist it. His shot was going you know, to the corner flag, but it's yeah. just obviously ended up hitting the defender. And without Kane's shot, Son doesn't score. So in an FPL sense. I can see why they're giving the assist because Son doesn't score without the same sh- this, without the Kane shot. Um, mm. But was it really an assist when you when you obviously look at the meaning of the word assist? Probably not. But what I would say as well is football's kind of become like that lately, where you know we're giving assists for kind of anything, goals for anything. If you look at a lot of the goals now, I've seen shots that don't even look like they're going on target, or they take three or four deflections, and the player's still getting given the goal. Um, yeah, that's like happened a lot. K- this KDB's, KDB's. De Bruyne's, Gordon's goal. Yeah, um, Gordon's, there's been a lot yeah. of them this season, and you watch it from an FPL point of view, and you think, "Oh, surely that's going to go down as an own goal." And then the mm. player gets the goal, and you're just thinking, "Wow, like, what are the ru- what are the rules now?" Like, um, yeah, there are none. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Because I'll still hold my grudge that week with Saar. 
<laughs> where he just made a simple save. Like the ball was going in and he made a save and it went in still. And then like, oh, I ain't goal for Sard. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was unlucky. But I'll forever hold a grudge till the end of the season for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not petty though. <laughs> um, I might just touch on one thing as well, Matt. I've noticed the last few weeks Kane has been dropping a lot deeper, which is allowing Son to sort of hit a, uh, sit a bit higher. And it's almost like he's kind of wrapping around Kane and taking up that sort of centre forward role, which mm. I think has coincided with Son obviously, you know, just going bang the last probably five weeks. Um, I agree. I agree. I did say, um, actually on a Spurs forum, would have been a couple of months ago that, and this was when, do you remember, and I even said it in um, you know, a few of the FPL chats about how Son, do you remember there was that time, probably a couple of months ago, Son was getting a lot of stick because he just wasn't looking himself and everyone yeah. was saying he was tired. Um, you know, and Spurs were having some patchy results um, and he wasn't looking good. He was still getting a couple of FPL returns, but it wasn't these big double digit scores. I went onto a Spurs forum and I remember just saying to a few, you know, bunch of Spurs fans that for Son to prosper at the moment, he needs to play in the same position he did uh, under Mourinho last year where he was ahead of Kane. Because what they did is they put Son out on the left for the games against Burnley, the Leeds game, even the Everton game that we won. Son still got returns in, in a couple of those games. Um you know, yeah. Even in the Man United game, um, Son was kind of just stuck out on the left, which he's very good on the left anyway because he can use both feet. Um, you know, he can put a ball in the box, he can cut inside. But you know, I think that Son that plays just ahead of Kane is just so dangerous uh, on the break. And yeah, I agree. Like Kane definitely took that um, you know, slightly deeper role again. And um, yeah, it just it just works perfectly on the counter attack. And you know, when and Son got plenty of chances and yeah, bagged a hat trick. So I can definitely see. You know, see where you're coming from there, Q. Mate, if Kante was six foot one with blonde hair and could head a ball, it's pretty much Harry Kane at the moment, mate. <laughs> yeah, he's everywhere. <laughs> well, we might get on to the next game, which was Watford uh, losing 3 0 to Leeds. Rafinha, you know, getting the return this week. Harrison getting the return. And, and you know, my, my favourite uh, Brazilian, Rodrigo, getting a, a return as well. Uh, what did you take out of this match, D10? Is there anyone. Um, apart obviously from Rafinha that you sort of you like the look of ah oh, mate I think even though Watford lost do you know who looked really good I know you're going to say the the Saar with the longer Saar no who oh. who do you think I'm going to say Matt Hold on, I'm going to make sure yes. it was definitely him playing because I know I know who it I have a feeling I know who it is um I want to make sure it was definitely him. Um, is it or Lee Malone, whatever his name is? No, I'm going to... Uh, you know what? It, it might not be. I think he might be thinking of it. I thought he might have said Jao Pedro, but... Yes. Nah. yes. It was Jao Pedro, because yep. I saw him do some razzle in this game. and He was, like, incredibly good on yeah, the ball. He's, and he's he brilliant. created a lot, too. He he made a pass to Saar, and Saar was... I don't know if he's right in front, yeah, but... I saw this. He had an angle and he just like he sliced it. He had the opportunity, um, not just not just that one, but he also set up Dennis uh, on a couple mm-hmm. of um, chances. Uh, Dennis also set up Saar. Like I think Watford were like, I mean three nil is quite a lot, right? But the first goal comes from Rafinha, 
Um, it's, the ball comes to him, he just turns and hits it and it goes in. That's 1-0. Before that, Watford have a free kick that goes just wide. And then they have another free kick on the side of the area. Um, Watford also have the last kick of the first half, which is like their corners. You know the Olympico corner where you curl it in, you bend it in? <laughs> their corners were insane. Like it was going right into the near post top corner. I'm, how they didn't score from a corner, I've got no idea. Um, there was also, I suppose, a, uh, was a bit of a penalty shout. Rafinha ball through to Dan James. The defender got nothing. Just absolutely collected him. Um, there's another VAR thing. Like, I don't know why they didn't review it. But Joao Pedro for Watford looked incredible in this game. Um, and then obviously Rodrigo scored the 2-0. He got, he got, again, he got a little bit of luck, right? Because it comes off two defenders and then he just kind of, he saw his opportunity burst through. And as he bursts, it kind of cuts the keeper out as well. And he tapped in. And then the 3-0 was Harrison's finish. Oh, yeah, which was a great goal was a rocket. Like, he just hit it with about, I reckon, what, 70 to 80% swaz, just cut the ball, and uh, it just flew into the side netting. Like, it was insane, insane strike. Awesome strike. So, the Rafinha one was a good goal. The second goal, they got a bit of luck, but Watford were very, very unlucky in this match. Mm. Like, a 3-0, three, three I don't feel, tells the the proper story. Cause even the Harrison goal came at like the 88th minute or the 89th minute. Like it was dead. The game was finished by then. Yeah, no, nah, I fully agree with that. Dan, I sort of, I watched the game this morning. Um, cause that was probably that and the burn, the game of the last two I had to watch. But, um, yeah, I just don't know how Watford didn't score to be honest. I thought Sa actually had a decent game. Um, but yeah, just like you said, yeah, Sa was, Sa was good, and even Sissoko tried to go on a seven-man dribble, but he just, just <laughs> didn't have the uh, didn't have the finish in the end. Yeah, I sort of I thought Rafinha played all right. I still don't think he's back to uh, King Razzle Rafinha. He's still no. at sort of poor form Leeds level, but and if he can tap into that Brazil Rafinha, you know, I think it could be a decent shout for the rest of the season. Well, he's playing different with this new coach as well. They're playing a different system, aren't they? They look like a four-two-three-one. Yeah, it's um, a bit strange. Just he's not getting in the positions that he was getting, and he sort of seems yeah. like he's getting the ball a bit deeper and having to do a lot more to get get to where he wants to be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think well, the only thing that this new Leeds coach has really bought, apart from a um, a new formation is actually Rodrigo actually playing up front, like where he did for mm. Valencia. Because Bielsa had him playing like his centre mid. mid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was strange. It was really strange. So, But who knows? It's, it seemed to uh, work in this game. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? Is there anyone that you sort of like to look at or that you might be keeping your eye on? Yeah, look, from a, from a Watford perspective, I was liking Kucho until he got the... Um, you know, the injury 38 minutes in because I was looking at Kucho with his price, 5.1. He's had a couple of uh, double-digit scores. Um, you know, they've got some reasonable fixtures coming up. But, you know, now without him, not really so keen on Watford. From a Leeds point of view, looking at their fixtures now. Got a double in game week 36, but it's Arsenal away and Chelsea at home. We've also got Man City in game week 35. Um, I think I'll 
yeah, I think I'll probably avoid Leeds now for the rest of the season. I think I'm done with Leeds. You know, I'd like to thank Rafinha for his, um, you know, his service in my team this season. But um, you know, I don't think I'll be might not be seeing him next year if he does make the moves to um, you know, to Barcelona. So um, yeah, that could be could be uh, me done for Leeds players this year. So um, yeah, I'm not looking at anyone from them right now. No, no Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona no, are buying Barcelona. everyone, aren't they? They're getting Rafinha, <laughs> yeah. Lewandowski. What are you talking about? No, they got rid of them. You didn't hear? I thought they were using our food stamps to get all these players. Yeah, I was just about to say, they just did a Freddo drive. So they uh, <laughs> they had all their players take a few Freddos to their uh, their work and sold all them and it's gone now. Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought they might have been washing Cristiano Ronaldo's car um, and he's oh, paying them about a million dollars every time they wash it. It's incredible. I can't believe the amount of people that are linked with Barcelona. Anyway, that's a, that's a different subject. If we start talking about that, we're going to be here till midnight. Oh, well, at least <laughs> at least they're going to look good finishing second anyway for all those good players. Um, <laughs> <laughs> might get on to the next game, which was uh, Leicester to Unwinder Palace. I um, just want to touch on a couple of players. Uh, I thought Zaha, you know, just does his usual thing, just razzles everyone on the pitch for 90 minutes. Um, he actually had a pretty decent game. Um, got the penalty, well, Missed the penalty, retook the penalty, missed it again, and then headed it in. So I don't even know how many points he actually finished on. <laughs> there would have been a lot of minuses and positives, almost like a science lesson, uh, trying to add up his scores. But um, had the five shots, two key passes, you know, a good outing for him. But the two players I want to touch on is Drewsby Hall. Just he sort of <laughs> hasn't done a great deal from FPL. Is that how you say his name? Do I misread? No, no, sorry. I'm just laughing because, uh, <clears throat> sorry, but just to, in a Discord, in, in the FPLX Discord, uh, I think Daniel might remember. We've got a uh, we've got a member who is called Drewsby Hall's biggest fan, I think he's called. And this guy idolizes Drewsby Hall. And, um, you know, he's finally come up with the goods, you know, all the way into game week, what, 32. So, um Every time I see Dewsbury Hall, it just reminds me of, of this guy in our Discord who you know, is, is Dewsbury Hall's biggest fan. So, um, yeah, but, um, yeah, unbelievable stuff. 13 points from a 4.4 million asset. But, yeah, uh, always yeah. makes me laugh. <laughs> he did actually look, uh, look really good. His goal was just absolutely disgusting. He just pretty much took everyone's lunch money and then just kicked, kicked the ball in the net and said, thanks for coming. Um but I sort of thought Madison, um, he's looked pretty good the last few weeks. I know we've spoken, Matt. I just seem to have a, a bit of a connection with Madison. I, I get him in and he knows what he has to do and he just, you know, gets on and does his job. So he had the three shots, had the three key passes, got the assist, and he had 50, 56 touches, which is down a little bit this week compared to previous weeks. But I think he's just the best asset to go for. A lot of people sort of still with Barnes or saying that Barnes, you know, just been unlucky, but. I just think Madison, similar to Mount, um, where when they're on free kicks, they're mm. on set pieces, they're getting the ball a lot. You just kind of just weigh up the chance that you know he's going to be involved somehow. And and then when you look at the Leicester lineup compared to Chelsea, you know he's quite important to how they want to play. So I think he's. Um, I almost go out there and say he's essential. Um, yeah, I agree. I think but, he is. But yeah, obviously there's the injury factor, and they are still in Europe at the moment. But yeah, I think that might change. I think PSV might beat them this week. I really hope um, they do, just for the good yeah. of my FPL side. I think they might, and I think I think Madison 
He's got a double game week in 33. He's got a double game week in 36. And he's got a double game week in 37. If they get knocked out of the Europa Conference, he's essential. And I think this double game week, Newcastle away, Everton away, tough. But, you know, there's potential for free kicks, you know, corners, assists, um, possibly a captain. Possibly a captain shout this week, and I think he's probably going to be one of my uh, one of my transfers. And like their double in thirty six is Everton and Norwich, and then their double in thirty seven is Watford and Chelsea. So I think um, I think I mentioned it last week. I just think the double up is essential. I think I want to go Schmeichel and Madison. I think. What were your thoughts, Matt? Is there anyone that you liked outside Madison? Uh, from Leicester, it's an interesting one with Schmeichel. Um, I'm just not sure you know, if Leicester are really going to get any clean sheets. I know he got the nine points, but that was a penalty save. Um, but I guess if there's two games, um, you know, and he gets save points in each game, um, you know, you could be getting sort of four to six points per game. Um, is there anyone from Leicester that I'm looking at? Other than that, I was possibly looking at Fafana. Um, but again, that would just be dependent on if they... Um, you know, qualify in Europe or not. He was obviously rested for this game because he's going to play in Europe this week. They get knocked out, then he might be worth looking at 4.3. Um, James Justin, who was our you know, 4 million uh, enabler last year, who was phenomenal. He's 4.9 mil. You know, possibly looking at him, but I think, yeah, Mad- Madison's sort of the main one uh, for me. Um, and then from a Crystal Palace point of view, um, I really like Palace this season, but, and they've, they've actually got some good Good uh, games. They've got double game week 37, um, which is going to be really interesting because um, they've got Villa away and, and Everton away, which are actually both green fixtures for for Palace, uh, according to the FDR. And I think, um, you know, the likes of uh, Mark Gahey in defence um, and obviously Zaha, who did miss the penalty, but, you know, he's starting to pick up some points again now. So I think they're probably the, the two I'd be keeping an eye on, but I think I'll probably wait until... You know, maybe that sort of game week 36, 37 time to, to get a Palace player in. So I just think there's more essential players in their place right now, but that's probably where I'm at with those two sides. Yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, what about you, Dan? Does anyone tickle your loin, mate, out of uh, Leicester or <laughs> Crystal Palace? Um, I, mate, these teams have kind of gone like under the radar for me. Um, I think I, look, I fill my team with <laughs> the Razzlers. Um, and I would have Madison, I would have Zaha, um, I even like Alise, but I just I, I haven't got these players in my team. And I'm, I'm not really, I think for the last, what, eight weeks, I don't think I'm really looking at bringing any of them in either. I had Vardy at the start of the season, but I don't think so, not, not at this time. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I don't know how they went under the radar because I've pretty much just been banging your ears out with Madison for like the last four weeks. No, I know, I know, and I love Madison. I really, I enjoy Madison. I think I had him on my free hit. Um, no, you did because I, I pretty much had a gun to your head saying you should get him. <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, no, he's look, he's fantastic, James Madison. Um, he's one actually that I think I I rate him higher than uh, Mason Mount. Yeah, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd prefer to see him in the England setup more so than a Mason Mount, but. You know, the game's full of opinions. Um, but no, not not in my FPL at the moment. We've only got like, yeah, like we say, eight weeks eight weeks to go. No, 
six weeks, seven weeks to go. Seven, um, I think. I'm not sure, but don't quote yeah. me, but I think it could be seven. Seven weeks to go. So, you know, it's like I've pretty much already, like, I've moved on, mate. I'm looking for the next season already. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're laying in your bed listening to love songs, um, eating junk food. Yeah, just trying to get over it, you know, trying to get over, <laughs> not, trying to get over my uh, my bad son transfers. Uh, yeah. I feel you, mate. I'll be I'll be right there with you. Um, <laughs> we might get on to the next game, which is uh, Arsenal Brighton, um, mate. This is just a game of absolute worldies. It's almost just like at the start of the game that it's like we've got ten grand. Whoever can score the biggest worldie, it's winner takes all. <laughs> But um, I thought Martinelli was probably unlucky not to get a return this game. I sort of I saw a few whispers on Twitter saying that Martinelli was probably you know one of their best attacking assets, and I was kind of just looking at my team, just looking at his two points, going, "Mate, you're you're joking." So I went and watched the game today, and he actually created quite a few chances, and obviously got that goal. I spoke about earlier that should have been a goal because watching numerous. Uh, pitches, um, people freezing their TVs and taking photos. You could see that he was onside. So quite disappointing because I know you've had him as well, Matt, just been waiting for that return and just hasn't sort of happened. But I sort of thought him and Odegaard probably looked good. Um, Odegaard hit the hit the post off a free kick, but then obviously decided to take vengeance and just grab the ball from about 40 metres out and just hit an absolute worldie. So... For Arsenal, I'm not really looking at anyone else outside probably Martinelli, Asaka, or an Odegaard. I sort of, I won't go Rams down. I probably won't go any defensive assets. And in terms of Brighton, had a good game. And Wepu just looked amazing. But just their fixtures are just um, too difficult for me to consider anyone from their side going forward. Um, what about you, Matt? What did you like from the game? Yeah, look, obviously I really enjoyed the result. Um I really like um, Wepu as well. I remember um, it might have been around the time when I was last on the podcast. Um, I think it was around the time when Brighton played Everton at Goodison Park and Brighton won the game. And Wepu had a really, really good game that day. Um, And I was getting really excited about him because he got eight points that day. And then since that time, I think he's been injured the whole time. Um, And he only made his first appearance again in game week 31 against Norwich. And then he's come out here against Arsenal and he's got 14 points. He's 5.9 million. And I thought he was just fantastic. But like you said, with Brighton defenders, or sorry, Brighton players, he's a midfielder, um, don't quite have the fixtures on their side. Otherwise, they would have said, you know, he looks good because they've got a double game week, don't they, Brighton? But you know, that double game week consists of Spurs away and Man City away. Um, otherwise, I would have said, get him in. You know, or look at the likes of um, you know Cucurella, who's been a big favourite of yours. He had a very, very good game at left back, um, but I'm probably going to stay clear of uh, of Brighton. Um, unfortunately, um, from an Arsenal perspective, looking at their side, still bemused how um, how Zaka uh, Shaka ended up on uh, on two bonus points in this game. I really don't understand that. Um, I know he got the assist, but I just don't think he deserved the two. Um, Martinelli, who you mentioned, he is in my side. Um, was unlucky with the goal. I think, yeah, him and Saka are probably the two main picks right now for Arsenal. Um, you know, Smith Rowe, he did play, he's still got in some good positions. Um, you know, he's got a couple of double game weeks. You know, he might possibly find some form again. Um, but I think they're sort of the three, 
you know, you might look at from an attacking point of view. I'd, I'd certainly stay clear of Lacazette. Wouldn't be going near him. Um, I think I've read a stat that he'd had maybe one shot on target since Christmas or something crazy. Um, and then with their defence and keeper, if you own Ramsdale, you probably keep him because he's got a couple of double game weeks. Um, if you don't own any Arsenal goalkeepers or defenders and you do want someone that's cheap, you could get Cedric um, Cedric in there, uh, who's consistently been playing at right back for 4.2 million, um, you know, just for, for a cheap option. You know, and you get a double game week out of him. But yeah, I think I'd probably agree with you and I'd stay clear of their defence for now. But, you know, I still think there's value in Martinelli, um, obviously Saka, um, possibly Smith-Rowe, and then, you know, maybe even Odegaard because he's obviously quite cheap. Um, got a return and, and takes three kicks too. So that's, that's probably where I'm at with those two teams. Yeah, no, it's probably Smith-No for me at the moment. Um, <laughs> why if we go on there? What did you think, Dan? Is there anyone that you like from Arsenal or Brighton? Uh, just the usual suspects, mate. Smith-Rowe. I do like Smith-Rowe. I like Martinelli, uh, Saka. And from Brighton, it's, it's the, the Cuckoo Razzler and the Trossard. Those, <laughs> oh, actually, Mopay as well. I always like Mopay. The guy can be absolutely nowhere and just score goals. You know, those are the ones I like. Possibly Sanchez too. Um, since, since doing these podcasts with UQ and uh, us having various conversations about the Wolves, Saar has given me nothing. Mate. I'm very... It's all about the save yeah. bonus points, mate. It's all about the save bonus points. I'm very despondent with this bloke. <laughs> he is he is a guaranteed three every week. Three. That's <laughs> what you, know? you want, mate. You need when you live a life in the fast lane in the Razzler's lane, you just need that bit of stability <laughs> at the back. Yeah. I think Sanchez is a better goalkeeper pick. Just just quietly. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> mate, looked I'm in a while. But... The dirty Sanchez, mate. <laughs> I think that's a different program, but anyway. <laughs> well, we might move on to Newcastle and we'll speak in this. Uh, um, got got a, a save points this week again, uh, Mr. Consistent. Um, <laughs> probably the only player that I sort of looked from this match was uh, St. Max, I thought. Yeah, he was, he was incredible. Pretty unlucky. unlucky not to get a return. As as he said all season, D10, he's just on the ball. He's just an absolute freak and pretty much created everything going forward with whenever sort of it got a bit sort of boring and nothing was really happening. Then St. Max would get on the ball, beat two players. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're on a breakaway. So he did that quite a few times. I sort of, a lot of people do like wood and I know you do have wood, um, Matt, but, um, I think St. Max has a bit more upside wood, wood will finish goals, but it just doesn't, I don't know, just doesn't do it for me at the moment. But outside of that, that's sort of, all I took out of the game, what did you think, D10? I know you probably watched the game a bit because you do like watching St. Max. I did. I did cover this one. Um, the first goal by Chris Wood in my – look, in my book, mate, in the, in, the, in the D10 Premier League, it's a goal. Um, how it was disallowed, I, I still don't know. I don't understand what they're looking at. I really don't get it. We're going to have another VAR discussion if we keep going down this path. Um, I'm tired of them. I'm tired of them. Um, Almiron with the little, I called it the heel flick razzle. It was so good. It was a nice little pass through to Gimarish, who um, then lifted it over. And Chris Wood, um, he kind of just laid, he thought, I'm going to lay down first. 
and then I'm going to volley this into the back of the net, uh, which was a nice, nice goal. Um, the first half was all Newcastle. Like, literally, it was all Newcastle. And then in the second half, um, I think it was Huang Yichan, um, also Matinho. I think Neto looked good. Fabio Silva, he had a header, and he also had a bit of a turn and shot. Uh, but Huang Yichan actually had some razzle. I don't know if you saw this. Um, <laughs> but he actually twisted and turned one of the Newcastle defenders inside. Yeah, out, I saw which that. Was really nice. Um, St. Maximin was the difference in the end, I felt. Uh, as you said before, you've already talked about him getting the ball, beating two players. He actually makes the third pass. It's a little flick, uh, like a little, um, I don't know if it's a back heel or a flick for Joel Linton, who sets him away. And then Chris Wood goes in, obviously, into the box um, and gets collected. Massive penalty. Like, if you're going to come sliding out like that, expect to give away a foul. Um, I know people are like, oh, it's not it, it's not too much contact. Okay. But when you're oh, moving that spe- Sorry? As I said to people on Twitter, I'm like, there's still contact. It's minimal. Yeah. And the thing is, the thing that I don't um, necessarily like with that kind of idea that there's, it's not that much contact, when you're moving at that speed, if someone bumps you like that, like slides in at your ankles, there's nowhere else to go. You're, You're not going anywhere other than in the floor. So... I felt it was a penalty, great penalty from Chris Wood, uh, well converted. Um, the two, I'm definitely bringing St. Maxim back in. Uh, he's going to be part of the negative 24 that I take this week. Um, a huge win for Newcastle. I tell you what, since Eddie Howe come in, the team has been unbelievable. I think the second half of the season, they're like up the top of the ladder. If you look, you know how they show that reverse ladder? They're like, here's the first part, here's the second half. Um, Here's, you know, the last eight games, ten games. Newcastle are incredible. Like, they're in such good form. Um, The only two I would maybe have is St. Max and Bruno Guimaraes because of his price. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to watching in the off-season when um. We see Chris Wood playing up front with uh, Hallen. With who? Hallen. Yeah, Hallen. <laughs> Why is he going to Newcastle, you think? Because of the money? No, because he wants to win championships, mate. And with the <laughs> likes of Callum Wilson, Bruno Gamares, and Chris Wood, mate, that's where it's at. <laughs> championships as in in the in the second prep. Mate, they're gonna be they're gonna be playing in um the conference league, mate, and it'll be lifting the trophy. <laughs> let me let me tell you, you're a Manchester United fan, yeah? Yeah, you've, yeah. You have to be very careful what you say about people with uh, 300 billion to spend at the moment. <laughs> so, um, you know... The, we should the, be giving our money away, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> you're, the Manchester United club needs an absolute, uh, what, overhaul. It needs a rework. Um I was watching, I said to you previously in, um, in WhatsApp, I was watching a, um, the overlap with Gary Neville and he makes some really good points about what needs to happen at Manchester United before they start to bring in more players and bring in this and, you know, every, anything on the field. Because uh, I, I think they just they just appointed Ten Hag, didn't they? Yeah, and apparently um, McLaren's going to be his assistant. McLaren? Yep. Yeah, I've heard that, Steve McLaren. Really? Yeah. Steve yeah, McLaren, yeah. Back. The coach, from yeah, they reckon from, he's a really good coach. From FC Twente. 
Yeah, he used yeah. to coach. So apparently, that's going to be trouble. Oh, well, I tell you, that's not a that's not a bad acquisition, is it? But I'm excited to see Ten Hag. A couple of Will Smith sized hands and start just slapping people left, right, center in that change room. Yeah, I've got nothing to say about that. <laughs> 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 you honestly, some of your comments are just ridiculous. You, nothing you can say about that. Um, but yeah, mate, Newcastle are looking good. They are looking good. They what could about you, third. <laughs> yeah, well, they could actually. Well, you know, I'd, I'd sacrifice United just so we don't have to play in that uh, in that <laughs> Farmers Cup, whatever they call it, the Conference League. Farmers <laughs> Cup. <laughs> Do you see see Virial made the uh, they made a tweet or I think they put it on Instagram, and they said the UEFA Farmers League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you see this, mate? Yeah, that is legendary. Legendary, and I tell you why because everyone was saying that the Europa League's a Farmers League and that the Liga teams are or La Liga is a Farmers League, League One's a Farmers League. I tell you what, it's funny. Uh, not just what Virial did, but. If City, I've, I've heard people talk about this on Sky Sports. If City win this league this season, that's four in the last five. So farmers has, league, mate. The farmers has the Premier league. league become a farmers league? You've got to <laughs> ask yourself. You know, you got to, That's it meets all the criteria. So yeah, an interesting one. Anyway, yeah, no, definitely. Well. I'm just saying that uh, Man United are the manure of the the Farmers League, mate. Whether whether dirty cow shit <laughs> on the ground. Uh, um, Matt, is there anyone that you liked from this game, mate? That you're looking at? Um, look, I'm going to go and say at the moment, uh, no one from Wolves. They really let me down in this game with that that pen. Um, you know, cost me. You know, 11 points because I decided to pick their players over Newcastle, so I'm not going to pick anyone from Wolves for now. They obviously blank in game week 33. From Newcastle, I'm going to pick Fabian Shah, centre-back. He got five points. He's on free kicks. and Double game week, I like him. Big Dan Byrne, eight points. Very cheap as well. I think he's about 4.4 million. Uh, getting the bonus as well because he, he's playing a lot of balls from the back and he's getting on the ball quite a lot. Um, and then obviously the usual suspects. I've already got Chris Wood. We now know that he's on pens whilst um, Callum Wilson is, uh, is still coming back from fitness. And then, you know, set maximum as well. So I think uh, you know, they're probably uh, they're probably the main ones to me. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Well, we might just touch on the last game quickly. I don't really have too much to say about it. Um, <clears throat> didn't enjoy the game, but I had to watch it just because I picked it as my game to sort of talk about. But... Uh, Pookie, seven shots, one goal. You know, I'm not really looking at any assets from either side, but I still think Pookie, if you're looking to, as a bit of an enabler, cheaper striker, um, I think he's the way to go. But outside him, I just, yeah, no one else that worth talking about. I think Corne did have a good game, but I will probably won't be looking at any Burnley assets. What about you, fellas? How about you, Matt? Are you looking at anyone? You know what? I actually am, was considering Corne. For this double game week and sorry so, mate I'll just uh, pooed on your dreams mate <laughs> that I was and then the Doherty injury uh, ruined those plans because I probably need to move him on more um, and I was looking then I was thinking Maxwell Cornet right scored 12 points against Everton 2 points against Norwich but if it wasn't for that open goal he missed 
which he should have scored. You know, he probably gets gets the goal, he gets some bonus. He's now got a double game week, West Ham away, Southampton at home, followed by Wolves at home, Watford away. Um, you then get Villa at home, and then another double in game week 37, and another home game in game week 38. He's 5.9 million. I actually think he still is a reasonable pick. Like, I know he's got yeah. fitness issues and it's Burnley, but I think knowing that you get two double game weeks out of him um, this season, and he's just a very, very good price, um, yeah. I actually don't mind him. Um, you know, still don't mind maybe a Burnley defender just for a couple of double game weeks. I know a lot of people are probably going to wonder why, but I still think there's potential for them to shut up shop and, you know, maybe nick a couple of 1-0 wins, grind a couple of results, especially in the Southampton game, in, in the second game. Um, and also with Corn, actually, just to quickly go back to Cornet, they play against West Ham this week, who will probably be quite tired from the uh, the Europa League. You know, we saw what happened to them last week against Brentford after the Europa League. Um, and then, yeah, as for Norwich, I have to say Pukki's been very impressive um, of late in, in FPL. He's another striker who, you know, he's cheap. He's an enabler. But he's returned in his last five games. He's returned in four of them. Um, you know, so he would have got you more points than you know the likes of. Um, I think he might have even got more points than, uh, than Ronaldo in the last. Oh, sorry, no, because he got that 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 haul against Spurs. But um, actually, in saying that, his total points, I think uh, Puki have probably been more than Ronaldo in the last sort of five games because Ronaldo's had a couple of zeros. But um, yeah, Puki's really really impressed me. But yeah, other than that, no one else from Norwich. I think I think that's it. What about you, Dan? Are you uh, wanting to venture into any of those sides at all? Um, I do like Puki. And you know why? I always thought of bringing Puki into my side. I was like, look, I need another one of those five-point-something strikers. And Puki's always there. But then I look at Norwich and I look at their fixtures and I go, nah, he'll never score. And the guy scores. Like, he scored this week, I'm pretty sure. And if I had Puki, I'd have been over the average and I'd be much happier. But instead, I've got another two points from Richarlison, and he's like two million dearer, you know. But also, <laughs> Richarlison does the pigeon celebration, so you need him in your team. Um, I also, sorry, it was Norwich, and who was the other team? Burnley? Oh, Burnley, only Corne. Only Corne. Uh, maybe at a stretch. Um, I like James Rodriguez, and I also like Aaron Lennon, but... I'm sorry, I can't do any of this Weghorst stuff. You know, it was, there was big Weghorst stuff, mate. There's like, look, there's Harry Kane, Andy Carroll, and there's a few others in their Weghorst, and it's in that order. Um, we can't, yeah, nah, nah. The lesser nah. say, the better. No, nah, the Weghorst did his, his job, which was to come in and get me four points over two games and then leave my team, so. I think, well, didn't, there was like a massive rush and everyone got him in, and when they got him in, I think he scored that week, didn't he? He's, yeah. um it was on his debut as well. And then after that, I was like, oh, you need him now, definitely. And then everyone was like, okay, Ben me, Weghorse. And it was either Rodriguez or Lennon or there was another option there. Um, and after that, he just didn't, did he? He just didn't, didn't, didn't score. Um, no, he, I don't know. It looks look, like BMB on stilts pretty much. Me, me personally, if I have a player like that in my FPL team, there needs to be a return <laughs> because I can't go, oh, yeah, but he did a step over. There's no step overs. There's no oh, anything else, you know. Vin did a couple of accidental step overs, to be honest. But oh, that's, they're all right. I like them too. 
Um, well, <clears throat> we might. I just feel like I can't talk about that game anymore. Um, <laughs> might get on to the shit the bed segment. It's pretty easy for me. Man United. Uh, I was pretty disappointed, to be honest. I just. Um, it wasn't even from an FPL point of view because I kind of just yeah. accepted my fate that, you know, my FPL side was up the shit anyway. But as a United fan, it was just a game where I thought we'd get a point mm. and we were just so bad. And I just, I think I said in the, in, um, the message, I was a broken man the next day. Um, what about you fellas? Who did you pick as your shit the bed candidate this week, Matt? Oh. You know what? I'm going to go with. I'll go with Arsenal this week. Um, and you know what? I think obviously, look, the top four race is going to be. There's, there's a lot to play for. Um, but I've got to look at it and think. Arsenal at home against Brighton, who haven't won in seven matches, um, to only go and then lose. Uh, Arsenal to lose. You know, I just think it's. Yeah, it's got to be be part of this shit the bed section for sure like um, you know it's just not good enough from Arsenal but I don't want to it's, it's, it's a tough one because Spurs play Brighton this week you know and hopefully the same doesn't happen to us but you know for Arsenal that's a game that they have to win they have to win for this this Champions League qualification and yeah they've just absolutely thrown it away and you know they were you know, they were outplayed for, for the most part as well at times um, so yeah I think it's got to be that game for me yeah, no, 100%. What about you, Dan? I know this is your favourite segment. Is there anyone that you can pick as a candidate for this segment? I'm not sure he is there. What about now? Good now? Good now? <laughs> right. Sorry, yeah, it's mate. Actually, it's actually, you know what? Oh, here he is. <laughs> yeah. I, your favourite segment, I, mate. Welcome back. Yeah, I, I understand it is my favourite segment. <laughs> um, I, I would nominate the whole of Manchester United. It's just a debacle at the minute. It's a real debacle. It's a, It's just shame, really. Um, there's not much else you can really say about that. Like on the field, off the field, it just wasn't a good look this week, was it? So, I think they are the uh, prime candidate. I think um, they need to take a leaf out of. Um, you ever watched Game of Thrones, Dan? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, what are you going to yeah. say now? They should have just marched them down Old Trafford, just yelling "shame, shame." <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah. they deserve. But that'll yeah, that'll help. Won't get into it because I'll I'll get into a bit of a, a rage fit. Um, <laughs> might go on to our differentials for the upcoming week. So I've picked out Drewsbury Hall. Um, you know, I I know I I've backed Madison this week, but I think it could be um, they could be getting a few goals, and I think Drewsbury Hall could be getting a bit of a haul. He's only zero point six percent owned and four point four million. Um, what about you, Matt? Who are you liking as a bit of a differential pick this week? You know what. I'm going to go someone who I know Dan's going to love this pick. Um, <laughs> and a lot, a lot of listeners are probably going to think, you know, why? But I'm going to go Emerson Royale. And, and I'll tell you why. I am, I am. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Doherty's injured. He's out for the rest of the season. Um, Emerson Royale's now going to be nailed on that right-hand side for Spurs for the rest of the season. And he actually had a very good game for the most part against Villa going forward. He kept it tidy on the ball. Uh, He got forward. He linked up in a lot of the attacks. Obviously got the clean sheet. He's gone down to 4.5 million. He's 1% owned. 
He got eight points in the game against Newcastle the week before. He scored. And he was unlucky not to get on the end of another one in that game. If, and, I'm, and I've said the Kulazewski-Son came trip-up is essential, and I think it is, if you can't work all three in right now and you just want a quick Doherty replacement and you want to get someone from Spurs because you think they might keep a clean sheet, I think Royale is the man for 4.5 million and he is going to be attacking. And we have seen this season um, when he's on form and he's attacking, he can get points. Uh, Dan's seen it before. Uh, there's been a few games this year. Uh, he's got bonus points in a couple of games. He's had a double-digit score. Um, and he's going to be nailed for the rest of the season. So um, I actually think it's uh, potentially the return of, of Royale. Mate, I love it. I was actually only going to ask you earlier, um, is it worth getting Doherty out for a, another Spurs defender? So that answers my question. What about you, Dan? Who, who are you looking um, at as a differential? I'd have to agree. I think Emerson Royal is a great pick. And all I'll add to Matt's uh, spiel or the dot points that he listed, he was also equipped for the Razzler haircut. He's gone and <laughs> he's gone and dyed his hair. And it's, it's no coincidence that once he dyed his hair, he also scored a goal. Same happened with Joel, Joel Linton. Joel Linton dyed his hair, and now people are talking about him like an absolute... You know, he's a viable option. Like, he's a, he's a superstar. If you look at Newcastle United fans' tweets about Joel Linton, they're talking about him like he's Joel Dino, right? Like he's Ronaldinho. Honestly, um, people are loving him again. Uh, it might be what Fred needs to do, and then we'll see the return of Gucci Fred. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think, look, Emerson Royal, Joel Linton, those can be my differentials for this week. No, I love it, mate. Well, before we let you go, Max, I know you have to get going. I've got two questions um, that have been sent in by our loyal listeners. Um, the first one is, um, is James Madison a better pick this week over Jaden Sancho? Yes, yes. Uh, 100% yes. Um, but Sancho's obviously a quality player, but I think from an FPL point of view, um, if you're going to back a Leicester double game week of Newcastle and Everton against a Man United double game week, look, I know one of them's Norwich, um, but then with Liverpool in the second game, I just for me it feels like a single game week. Uh, we already discussed Madison, his threat, his set pieces. Um, you know, like Dan said, I think for me as well, and I agree. I think Madison is the man that should be in that. Um, you know, that kind of Mason Mount role for England. I think, I think Madison is such a good player. And, um, you know, from an FPL perspective as well, I think, yeah, 100% Madison's a better pick than Sancho. What about you, Dan? Yes, I would go Madison instead of Sancho, especially at the moment. It's got, and it, like Matt said, it's got nothing to do with Jaden Sancho. I love Jaden Sancho. I love watching him play. Um, but there is more... If you, if you were to watch any kind of games right now, if you were to kind of look at any kind of uh, statistics or percentages or Excel spreadsheet, Madison <laughs> is more likely to score and assist than Jaden Sancho at this current point in time. Not to say yeah. that it won't change in a, like three or four game weeks, because Jaden Sancho is one of those players that can turn a, a game on its head, but Madison would be the pick. Do you think that there's a risk that Madison only plays one game out of the two and gets rested? Or 
Well, Would he that might do play... not sway your decision either? No, because he might play one game and score one goal, and Sancho might play two games and get two two pointers. So it is, you know, it is what it is. No, that's a that's a fair call, fellas. I'm sort of, I've got both my teams. So uh, what's that uh, Mexican ad for the tacos? Why not have both? Is my yeah. answer Porque to that. Los dos. Yeah, all this yeah. <laughs> um, our last question is, who do you think is going to be the future Razzler for next season that everyone's going to be talking about? Um, mm. I'm going to go a bit of a speculative Razzler. I'm hoping that someone, because I've Liverpool and United are both linked to him, but I think Kessie, if Kessie ends up signing for either Liverpool or Man United, I can oh, see him being awesome, a Razzler. He's off to Barca. True. They don't have enough food stamps left, mate. They don't have enough food stamps. We'll start with you, Matt. Who's your pick, mate? Um, look, I know he's been a wrestler this season uh, already, um, but someone who I think will become more essential in our teams and that will likely be in there for the most part because I think he's still going to have a cheap base at the start of the season. It's going to be Elise from Crystal Palace once he's fully fit. I think he will turn himself from someone who we watch that we know like a wrestler yeah. in the rough. Um, he's a bit of a it's roughie. Like a, and then I, to the Aladdin movie, what is it? The, <laughs> the diamond in the rough. Yeah. <laughs> so I think right exactly now what we, I thought of. Yeah, we know how good he is and we've seen him, but you know he's not in our team. I know he's injured, but even when he wasn't injured, we didn't put him in because he wasn't getting the games, he wasn't getting the starts. But I think... Surely next season he's got to play from day dot, and I think um, you know, he's going to be someone that could be six million maybe as a guess, and maybe six and a half at most. And I think he could be someone that if he plays, you know, thirty games plus, you're looking at an asset that will be eight million by the end of the season or more. I think Alise is my uh, is my shout. Now he's had some Premier League football under his belt. Yeah, no, perfect. I, I love that pick, mate. What about you, Dan? I think, uh, and I, we know he's already a Razzler. We've seen him for Liverpool already this season. But I believe that Luis Diaz is going to be uh, far more prominent in people's FPL teams next season than he has been this season. I also think he's going to be uh, utilised a lot more by Jurgen Klopp in terms of league matches, cup matches, you know, Champions League, League Cup, FA Cup... I think he's going to be playing a lot. Um, I half expect, like either I know Salah's had Salah. Salah, Salah has had his um, contract uh, negotiations. Like it's very well talked about. If you follow Fabrizio Romano, they're always talking about it. But yeah. I, I feel like Mane is on his way out. I feel like Mane is going to be sold during the the summer uh, in Europe yeah. or our winter here in Australia. And Luis Diaz is really going to take on that role, um, and that's yeah, that's why I think he's going to be the Razzler, mate. I I really see him as like another. He's another talisman for for a team. You know, you can't say he's a Mares type or a Finger type or Salah type. This kind of stuff. He's Luis Diaz. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a big part of Liverpool next season. No, hundred percent. I agree. I, I I could see probably Mane going to Barcelona as well. <laughs> Everyone going there. Right, before we uh, wrap up our pod this week, I just thought I would um, 
have a bit of convo with you, mate. Uh, let the sort of listeners know about your trip to Qatar, mate, because it was actually a massive thing. It's sort of, I'm not sure a lot of people understood how massive it was that you went over there. You actually got to play football with Tim Cahill and, and a lot of other football legends and, you know, a couple of decent um, street footballers as well. Um, might get you to touch on a bit more, Dan. Yeah, no, it was it was incredible. You know, like the the way that the opportunity came about um, was actually through Gold.com and some work that I'd done with them in 2015. And they had a a, a partner company or a, a PR company that was like, look, we need a player for this um, this influencer World Cup that's happening in Qatar. And this all we started to talk about this like in um, when was it? Maybe the back end of. February, um, so all of March was kind of just getting decided, etc. And you sort out the details. Um, but when I was first told like what it was going to be, it was like, oh look, you know, we're going to try and play this tournament. And I've done a few things like this. I thought, yeah, it's going to be a five-a-side tournament. We're not going to play in a World Cup stadium, which we got to. We're definitely not going to play on the pitch, which we also got to, because uh, they said that these were their plans. But sometimes it can always change. Now. Our first day, um, we went to the 974 Stadium in Doha, which is made, it's, it's a very unique stadium. It's made from 974 sea containers. And yep. uh, we got into our team. So I was part of like Team Asia, and our coach was meant to be Tim Cahill. So the Americas had Cafu, for those people that don't know, been in, only player to be in three World Cup finals. So not as in final stages, but finals, uh, which was 94, 98, and 2002. He's also won it twice, Cafu, played for Roma, played for AC Milan. Um, he was with the Americas. Europe had Ronald De Boer. Ronald De Boer, obviously Glasgow Rangers, uh, Ajax, FC Barcelona, and the Netherlands. Played with Burkamp, Clivert, um, Edgar Davids, those kind of known stars. Um and then there was also a Middle East and Northern, I think Middle East and Northern Africa, MENA um, team, which they yeah. had, um, I, can't, I can't remember his name exactly, but I think it was Hasibi was the, the goalkeeper. And um, so that was their, the four World Cup legends. Now, we were told that they were just going to coach. So it was already exciting that we got to share um, like that experience with them. We got to meet Tim Cahill, meet, you know, the, uh, Cafu, Ron de Boer, and the goal, the goalkeeper from, um, uh, I keep forgetting his name, but we got to meet these legends. There's also other legends that we got to meet. And um, when we went in for the first game, Tim Cahill was like standing in the field and I said, are you going to play? And he said, yeah, of course. So then straight away, the event went from about 60% to 250%. Like it just, it just went, it was just out of this world, out of this world. Um, and of course, like, uh, we were playing, we played our first match against the Americas and Cafu was like, well, if Tim's going to play, I'm going to play. And I kind of looked at the, the PR guys, the guys organizing it. And they were like, what's going on here? You know, like now there's too many players, but let's leave it because, you know, I've done, and Tim Cahill. <laughs> exactly. And I've done things I've done things previously with um with other uh with other players and sometimes, especially like guys who are you know, they've done their playing career, they're finished now, 
they'll come on and shake hands and take photos and stuff. But then when it's time to do the kicking and all that, they'll, they'll relax a bit, you know? Yeah. Let me tell you, Tim and Cafu, absolute legends. They actually went hard. Like, they were playing, <laughs> playing. Um, it was insane. Like, Tim was annoyed. He goes, oh, I should have brought my boots. He was playing in his, like, uh, New Balance runners. Yeah. Uh, but Cafu had predators on, everything. Cafu looked like he'd just come out of the gym. Like, he was pumped. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the experience went to, like I said before, you know, way above 100%. Um, and really something unexpected, you know, to share the field, to play on a World Cup field in a World Cup stadium with Tim Cahill and, uh, and Cafu. So, yeah, it was just ridiculous. The second game, the, the legends didn't join in. So we got very lucky that we got to play against Cafu. You know, it could have it could have been Ron the Ball or one of the other guys, but it was just just uh, unique timing. You know, unique timing. So yeah. there was that, and um, and then we got to make videos with them. We got to chat with them. We got to speak with them. Uh, those people that follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, I met Marcel Desai. I got to talk to him about playing against Luis Ronaldo, the real Ronaldo, R nine. <laughs> Um, which was just incredible, you know, to be able to talk to him about about that experience and things yeah. that he ta- things that he was telling Maldini or that they were talking about at, at AC Milan when they're trying to stop him when he was playing for Inter and things he was talking to Lauren Blanc about or um, Lillian Turam before the '98 final World Cup, you know, like yeah. this is stuff that I mean, I'm as much as I love playing and, you know, like I talk about the razzle and people see the tricks and stuff I do, like I'm the biggest fan as well. Like I just love football. I love yeah. futsal. I love street football. I love any any place where you can kick a ball. If it's 1v1, if it's 11v11, I'm, I want to be there playing. I want to watch. I want to be involved. So for me to have this experience, it was just, man, it's actually just even just talking about it like, it's in, it's in, it was incredible for me. It was incredible. I don't want to say it, it's incredible. I say it's incredible for me. Like, I just so much gratitude, and it was super humbling. And, um, yeah, I just, mate, again, right place, right time, you know, one of those things. Um, mate, of course. I was absolutely jealous. <laughs> I was frothing. <laughs> I was just like, and then when I saw you playing with Tim Cahill, I'm like, oh, mate, I'm just, uh, I was fangirling back here. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but it's uh yeah you know it was um it was I, I it's it totally exceeded my expectations totally exceeded my expectations um no, i think tim cahill he comes across as he he wouldn't know how to just take it easy because i follow him <laughs> on social media and I, even though he puts up videos like doing football stuff for the kids in the backyard and he's fully 100 percent competitive like i just don't think he, yeah yeah he has an off switch, which is probably why he's so successful. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you. I'd have to agree, you know. But Tim also, I'm, I have to say, and look, let's hope he listens to this, right? I'm going to share the link with this. <laughs> I'm going to share the link. If you can, cut this part or cut this little segment and I'll, I'll post it um, individually, but I'll share it to my story and I'll tag him because yeah. I said to him, after the two days, like after we played our final, so we ended up coming second. They um, they didn't expect us to, but we came second. Um, we actually we drew with the team that had Sian Freestyle and Billy Wingrove. Um, that was Ronald DeBoer's team. We drew with them. We also drew with the Americas. Um, I think it was one 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 one, 
And then we won our last game. Our last game we won like 4-1 or 5-1, something like this. So we were through to the final. We came second. And I said to Tim after all of this, I said, thank you so much for the last couple of days. I said, like, you didn't have to yeah. um, do, do what you did. Like I said, you didn't have to play the game. You don't have to sit and talk with everyone. Like, I know you understand, like, you'd be amicable. You'd be, you know, nice about everything. But he went above and beyond. And I think what, what you said there about him, like, um, you know, he doesn't know how to take the pedal off the gas almost. Yeah. He does. He involves himself 100%. And, um, yeah, I was really taken aback by that because I have been on the events where people are just like, oh, yeah, shake hands, photos. And then yeah. there was this this event, you know. Um, I think also me being Australian made a, made a big... Um, not, not impact, but it made a bigger difference, sorry. Difference is the word. It made a big difference to that because it was like a familiar accent. Uh, you know, we had a lot – well, there's no one else from Australia there, so we had a lot in common. Yeah. Um, we, could, we could talk about Australia. Um, but he really, you know, like he did it with everyone. Didn't, didn't matter, the, even the guys that were from, let's say, um, you know, India, South Korea, Japan. Yeah. It didn't matter. Um, and I, I thought that was amazing. I thought it was brilliant. He's an uh, absolute champion, absolute champion. Yeah, no, I know you probably won't like me saying this, but um, I really think he needs to be doing something in terms of sorting out, obviously, the mess that's going on with Australian football at the moment because I think they uh-huh. need a bloke who's that passionate. Like, you can just tell he loves football. It doesn't matter what it is or who it is or whatever team it is. I just think that he has so much that he could do, but obviously he's got a lot of his other projects. But, yeah, I think a guy like that is the type of person you need to change the culture of football in the country, in my opinion. I think it, it, not just not just Tim, but all, all of that generation, right? Uh, yeah. Mark Bresciano, Viduka, Tim Cahill, you know, even the Jason Colinas, Brett Emmertons, Harry Kules, Mark Schwartz's. Um, I know these guys are all, they're all involved in some kind of football or they're involved in... So they have been involved in something in the area of the FFA or the media and they've had their comments and so forth. But they really do need to just go, hey, guys, bring them in and let's get their input. Let's get their ideas. Let's get, you know, their philosophies, their everything, their methods. They're like how they did this, how they how they wouldn't do things, you know, put it all together. Um, yeah, because I, I think it's, uh, you know, the oldest players are the ones with the most experience and especially the guys that have been to two or three world cups. Yeah. So, but this, what you're talking about now, if you want, let's do another podcast about this. Cause I've, I've got my own philosophy and ideas about this. Obviously people would know that I, if you do follow me, you'd know that I, uh, I do coaching myself. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things we do well in Australia um, and then there's a lot of things that I think we could take from South Americas, from your Europe's, even from your uh, you know, Asian confederations, those kind of uh, nations and the way they set up and the things they do with academies and what they do with kids from uh, four or five years up to 12 or, f- or even 14 at some stage. Um, you know, I think if we could replicate and mirror some of that, we may find ourselves in a better position. But you know, look, we're not in a bad position yet. We've still got UAE, and then if we beat them, we've got Peru, which we've done it before, so uh, it can be done again. Yeah, no, 100%. I think Peru uh, 
uh, from when we play them in the World Cup, they've aged quite a bit and they're not as impressive as they were at that World Cup. So, you know, <clears throat> I still think we could um, get a decent result against them. But one thing I will touch on what my opinion is the problem at the moment is they seem to be coaching the razzle out of players and trying to make them too robotic in how they play. I mean, that might be not the terminology that someone uh, no, no, no. <laughs> more in the know would say, but I just feel like it's more about structure and doing this and that rather than just letting a player go play how you feel. Like, you know, like what the South Americans play like, they sort of, a lot of their play is obviously highly skilled, but also instinct play. So I think that's just sort of where I think yeah, there's no, a little bit of an issue. Look, obviously with my philosophy, the way I play and the way I see players in football, um, you know, you're starting to hit, hit the nail on the head there. But, <laughs> mate, if we keep talking, we're going to be here for hours. Like, that's why I said, let's do another podcast about this. Let's just do one. And if you want, save it for the off season. Like when you need a podcast, when you haven't got, uh, you know, games and that to talk about, let's talk about this because I would love to. No, 100%. I think the plan is obviously in the off season for anyone that's sort of listening. Um, we are sort of just going to be doing football podcasts and the plan is to have sort of, I've got plans to do a bit of a World Cup sort of podcast as well on this channel as well because obviously mm. there'll be a break from FPL for about five weeks. I think the break goes for from November to December. So, yeah, no, nah, a bit of a teaser there. We'll be um, doing World Cup pods uh, in the new sort of new season and sort of a bit more football pods. We've probably spoken about it now for about a couple of months that we want to sort of just do a couple of one-off sort of podcasts just talking about football. Yeah, that'll be good. I um, might have to use your pulling power. I'd love to get uh, Timmy on here. We can talk through a couple of highlights from his Premier League career. Like, I'd really love to to get a bit of a, a recap on that bicycle <laughs> kick against Chelsea. Oh, mate, I wish I had that pulling power. <laughs> mate, That'd I'm be back. something. I'm back in now. Well, before we end the pod, I might just quickly uh, talk about our team plans. At the moment, I'm just sitting with the one transfer. So I've got two free ones to use, but... I probably might just roll the second one. And just so far, I've just done um, – what was my – actually, I'm going to have to look at my team now, what my transfer was. Um, yeah, I've just done the one transfer this week, and it was to bring in um, – I don't even know who I brought. Oh, Smichael. So I've taken Sari and I've brought Smichael in, and so that's probably going to be my only only uh, transfer this week. And I'm looking at doing the captaincy on either – Ronaldo, once I work out what's happening with the phone gate and maybe Sancho or Madison. <laughs> so one of those three. So The phone gate. Oh, <laughs> man. What is happening with that? Nothing. I thought he apologized. Oh. So we just buy him a new phone. See, the one thing that I've heard is uh, the kid had, uh, was autistic and um, oh, no. he hasn't taken it good, which is understandable. Um, yeah, of course. And he's turned down Ronaldo's uh, sort of, I guess, break bread type of um, offer that he made. And then apparently Richarlison and a couple of the Everton players have reached out and they've organised signed jerseys and a meet and greet with players and um, some free tickets for Everton game. And apparently he's going to take them up on it. So, yeah, I just think that, yeah, there's so many rumours flying around. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but that's the latest that I've heard. 
yeah, I haven't heard that. Jeez, that's like very involved. But um, look, re- regardless of um, the kid's uh, condition, regardless of this and that, like, mate, I just don't understand. He would have copped so much in his career. I don't understand how he snapped at that and then smacked a phone out of someone's hand. Like, I, I, honestly, I just don't, yeah, I don't get it. I just really. see, I just think that that's the atmosphere at the moment at United. I'd say watching that mm. game, you, as a professional football, if you cared about the result and, you know, I've spoken about Ronaldo, he wears his heart on his sleeve and sometimes it does not uh, do him any favours. And I feel he just always wants to win, and I think this season has just been frustrating. And he's just he's just snapped and has done something stupid. So hopefully, um, they do something. Whether he needs to go visit the 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 kid and sit down with him and just you know just I don't know, just talk football with him for a day. I'm not sure, but can't do stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. You can't do stuff like that. That's why I said, regardless of all the other stuff, you know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, what are your plans this week, D10? I think uh, Luis Diaz out for Son. Um, Saar out for maybe Ramsdale. I'm not sure. I've got to look at fixtures for my goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, could be Richarlison out for St. Max. Uh, I've got a few. I've got a few plans actually. Um, I might keep Gordon. I don't know. Gordon could go out as well for um, Guimarish. I've got no yep. Newcastle players, so I want to try and bring them back in. I know they haven't got favourable fixtures, but I just like the way they're playing at the moment. They're exciting to watch, you know? Yeah. No, it's, so, it's, I think you're in a good position, though. I do like your squad. I just think, you're, as we said earlier, you are a little bit unlucky this week. So, mate, you know, I'm, I'm in a horrible mate. position. What what are you talking about? I'm in a horrible position. <laughs> I rate the Mara's pick. I rate the Gordon pick. I just think that... I See, I even rated the Diaz pick, but it looks like Jota has got the start again now and Diaz is going to be sort of playing Champions League and then playing mm. off the bench. Yeah. I know. It's strange, man. It's strange what's happening with, like... I think these two top teams, like Liverpool and City, they've just got too many attacking options, you know? Like... We had no one's got Gabriel Jesus, for example, and then he scores that goal. Do you know what I mean? Whereas at the start of the season, he was actually putting a lot of goals away. I don't, I'm not sure what happened. He just, like, not that he stopped playing, but I think maybe he had injuries or kind of just went off the boil, didn't he? Yeah, um, no, I'm not 100% sure. It's just... Yeah, it was, it's strange. There's just too many attacking options at these, uh, at these big clubs. But as you said, like, you know, you play FPL your way, it wouldn't be as fun if you're sort of just doing a cookie-cutter team and, you know, living in a life of rainbows and lollipops. Oh, of course. And I think that's why I haven't quit yet. It's why I haven't stopped playing. Because it's (laughs) like I make my choices. When they do well, it's like, cool, you know, Grass FC, get the John Deers out, you know, everyone on the spaceship. Um and then when it doesn't do well, you're like, oh, well, I just didn't pick it right that week. <laughs> you know, it's Mate, not too, I wouldn't not even let you stress. quit. So if you ever decide that you might quit. <laughs> I wouldn't let you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, mate. Oh, one, man. One, once, once you come on the pod, mate, yeah, you're in it for the long haul. So. No, um, I, do, well, I that... do enjoy this pod. It's a good pod. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good chat. <laughs> I've put you in so many uh, uncomfortable... Um, scenarios with my uh, 
banter and uh, funny uh, sort of categories. That we like to talk oh, about. You, you just you just not PC, mate. You just you got to keep it PG. You know what I'm talking, mate. Yeah. I'm just uh, off the cuff with a little bit of structure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that wraps up our pod this week. Um, for all of our uh, FPL content, head over to FPL underscore amateur underscore Oz. And for all of D10's um, football wizardry, head over to D10 football. <laughs> mate, I'm just going to be calling you the wizard of football for the rest of my life. Um, and for Thanks, our mate. podcast, head over to Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. And remember, if you enjoy our podcast, rate it five stars. Sort of helps us reach, <laughs> um, I guess, the the people that don't quite know about our podcast. And if you don't like it, still leave five stars because, you know, it's the least you can do. Um, anyway, D10, good luck this week, mate. And I, I sure will be chatting tomorrow and talking FPL and I'll probably be getting talked into making about a 500 transfers this week. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure to come onto this podcast, man. Cheers for all the chat. 100%. Uh, good luck, everyone. Thank you.